Hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well today, and welcome to part two of the 32 things that I've changed my mind about. This is the Sigma Chris show, and the date is 2-15-2021. I had my 32nd birthday yesterday. It was fantastic. Got a lot of great presents. A lot of people reached out to me, told me happy birthday. It was nice. It was nice to have so many people just reach out and just tell you happy birthday. Um, I always try to tell people happy birthday on their birthday just because what if nobody else I always think of the extreme worst case scenario, right? Like what if nobody in the world told this person happy birthday? They feel like a POS, right? So I always try to do that. Don't always do the best job, but it's it's important, right? It's nice to have people say, "Hey man, just happy birthday." So anyway, feeling really good today. Snowing outside down here in the south. I live in Louisiana. Got snow and ice and hey, it's all good. That's mother nature. This global warming thing is a son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> that's a great way to kick it off. So I'm not going to do a whole lot of introduction here. So this is part two, carry over from yesterday's part one. I'm going to be speaking a little bit louder because I listened back and got some great feedback from some folks saying, man, it was great content, but it sounded like you were like sad or depressed. That's not the case at all. I got a brand new microphone for my birthday for my wife. She's awesome. And I was just really more or less testing it out, and I really liked what came out of the episode, so I just wanted to use it. So anyway, jumping into part two now, the for, uh, I'm going one through 16 because there's no way I'm going to be able to keep count of 16 through 32. So number one, masculinity. I have changed my mind about the concept of masculinity and what that means. Um, it's all about balance, I think. A lot of people, they think of, you know, the different archetypes or characteristics of like an alpha male or a beta male, anything like that. Um, a sigma male, uh, hence the reason why I've named the show Sigma Chris, is somebody that's kind of balanced. Somebody that can be stoic, but can also uh, make tough decisions and take on the more strenuous road and not make the easy calls. Somebody that can also be emotional and level with somebody and also somebody that holds himself accountable. So. The idea of black and white masculinity, meaning you're either alpha or beta, I don't think that really applies. And I had a very narrow mindset of what I thought masculinity was. And it's almost defined as, a, I think Elliot Hulse calls it tender aggression. And everything that I basically just sum, summed up for you is kind of what falls into that category. So number one here was masculinity. And if you guys recall from my first episode, uh, my plan is to go into each one of these topics in a little bit more detail and potentially have some guests to uh, touching each topic. So pretty uh, excited about it. Number two, impressing people. So we all do this. We all want to look nice for other people. We all want to do nice things for other people. A lot of times, you know, because we're trying to gain a friendship or we're trying to gain a new client for our business or we're trying to use somebody for some influence to potentially lead to, you know, a different friendship or a business or things like that. Um, I really am conscious of trying not to impress people. Um, I am who I am and either you like it or you don't. I've got great family and I've got great friends already and by no means I'm not, am I going to be rude and be a jerk to you, but you know you don't have to like my personality, and I don't have to like yours, and that's okay. So 
I've changed my mind about trying to do my best to impress people for all the wrong reasons. Number three is drinking. Um, not so much these days. I still like to have a nice glass of whiskey or have a beer with somebody. But, you know, for a while, when I was younger especially, you know, my plan was to drink to get drunk. That was my plan. We're starting the night off and, you know, we're going to be partying until 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Going to get some breakfast. Going to get up two hours later and go to work. I am old now. I cannot do that. <laughs> so I choose not to do that. Uh, again, I like to have a nice bourbon or a nice, uh, you know, whiskey or scotch or something like that, or just have a beer hanging out watching the game, just, you know, social. So again, you're going to notice a lot of these topics have to do with black and white, you know, extreme mentality, right? Again, a lot of things on this topic, when I think about it, is all about balance. So you can drink and enjoy yourself. Of course, if you're going to drink, do not drive. That is not responsible. Um, I can also say I've fallen into that category before. I'm not proud of it. Uh, it was something I've done. I've never been arrested for it, but by no means do I drink and drive anymore. You shouldn't either. And then also, you know, just moderate yourself. If you feel like you have a problem, you should reach out to somebody. Number four, leadership. This kind of goes back with the total idea of masculinity as well. You know, a lot of times I didn't know how to decipher between what a leader was and what a boss was. And I've had a lot more bosses in my life than leaders. A leader is somebody that would ask you to do something that they themselves would do as well. And they're the ones that get to have none of the credit, but they get all of the blame. And I've been very fortunate over the last couple of years, especially in work, that I've had some really good leaders that have seen my talent and my potential and have put a magnifying glass on it and shown me how to be better, which is a great thing because you know, I strive to be a good leader in my personal life and in my business life as well. And just having good qualities of a leader of, you know, ownership and responsibility and accountability. Then also, again, just being able to dictate and delegate certain tasks. There's a lot of uh, concepts that go into leadership. And I'll tell you, Simon Sinek, he's got a lot of great books on leadership. And I would recommend you check out, you know, Leaders Eat Last, or there's there's a couple of them, but he's got a lot of good videos on YouTube as well that talk about leadership that I would definitely recommend. Number five, the entertainment industry in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> if you think there is not some type of agenda with the content that you are watching, I would challenge you to rethink your position. When you look at the entertainment industry and the things that they are trying to push and the narratives that they're trying to push and the movies that they come out with, with their SJW type of, you know, identity politics. Um, if you're telling me there's no agenda behind that, then I would, again, challenge you to reconsider your position. Uh, with all these cases coming out, especially now about, you know, the Me Too movement and directors and people being killed off or having different mentalities or being canceled because of different ideologies, apologize, my volume was supposed to be muted on my laptop here. We're going to be going down the rabbit hole on this one. Um, there's absolute evidence that shows the horrors of Hollywood, as I like to call it, with <sighs> all, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> anyway, I would 
challenge you to to look at the content that you're watching and the movies that you're watching and kind of look at it with a fine tooth comb and see what are they trying to tell me in this movie, whether it be a conservative point of view or a liberal point of view. So that is number five. Number six is practice and preparedness. This kind of goes in hand with leadership. Um, Talent can only get you so far. And putting in the work with the elements that I call the not-so-sexy things. So, for example, uh, to kind of put this in context, getting ready for a presentation takes a lot of practice, you know, speaking your script of what you're going to say, coming up with your presentation visually of what you're going to show the audience, coming up with nuances and preparing for questions. That's part of the practice and preparedness. Um, And I can absolutely tell the difference now, especially since most meetings take place virtually. I can absolutely tell the difference when somebody is not prepared versus when they are prepared. And I was one of these people that thought, well, if I know the subject matter enough and I'm pretty talented when it comes to speaking and taking my time and pausing, things like that, that should get me through just fine. Well, it wasn't until... I got some really good feedback from some some leadership that showed me, Chris, you know, it's great that you know the subject matter, but being prepared is what's going to separate you from the pack. And that can absolutely take place with other aspects of your life as well. I think back to, you know, when I first started playing music to when I was really good, it's because I was practicing all the time. And you can apply that to sports, to business, to your, you know, fitness, whatever the case may be. You have to practice. If you don't, you know, Allen Iverson, we talk about practice. Um, if you don't practice, then when it comes for game time or showtime, you won't feel as confident because you know that you could have done something else. You could have done more. And you could always do more, right? But, again, you can tell the difference when you're prepared versus when you're not prepared. So I've changed my mind about preparedness and talent. The next thing that I've changed my mind about is rest and recovery. Um, this kind of goes with, um, like working out and physical and then also just for mental recovery as well. You know, a lot of times I look at life kind of like in seasons where you have a harvest and then you have the growing season, things like that. And sometimes you have to have a recovery day just to kind of recharge your batteries. And I used to have a really bad habit of, I've got to do something productive every single day, or I feel like you know, nothing was accomplished. And I feel like, you know, I feel like trash the next day. Um, I've allowed myself, my wife actually put a big spotlight on this for me uh, here recently, because I started falling into the same patterns and behaviors again, where I felt like even on days where I wasn't quote unquote working, I had to do something productive. I had to do this, this, that, and the other. It doesn't mean you can be lazy and just not do things that you're supposed to do. But she showed me, hey, you know, you don't have to be Mr. Productive 100% of the time, it's okay to sit down and relax and read a book or watch a movie or something like that. So I would just, you know, maybe even you could apply that to your own life. Uh, Rest and recovery absolutely can help both mentally and physically. The next topic is I've changed my mind about the easy way. Now, this is just me from personal experience. Uh, for the longest time, I thought that, you know, life was supposed to be easy. That if I worked hard enough, that things would just happen naturally for me. 
Uh, all my dreams and wishes would come true. Almost like a snowflake mentality. You know, all these boomers and older people like to call us millennial snowflakes and stuff like that. And to a degree, I can agree. But I think that once people hit a certain age or once they, some people just develop a little bit later or they call them late bloomers. And I've changed my mentality about life being easy. It's not supposed to be easy. There's supposed to be challenge. There's supposed to be obstacles. Because with that, there comes opportunity. As I spoke about yesterday about success and failure, if everything was so easy, then everybody would be LeBron James. Everybody would be Tom Brady. You know what I mean? So the easy way is definitely not the way. Even if something were to come extremely easy, I would start to raise an eyebrow like this is happening way too easy. Why is this happening to me? Um, and, and having strenuous uh, obstacles and challenges to overcome just makes you a better person, I think. It hardens you. It makes you have a little bit more grit. And it gives you perspective. It also gives you an opportunity to help somebody else that may be facing challenges. You can say, look, I see the road you're going down here. It's not really <laughs> nothing I would recommend. Here's how, here's what happened to me. This is why I learned the hard way. Maybe I can help you. And not to say that their challenges will be any easier, but it helps to give some perspective. Take a quick drink here. Man, I'm going through these a lot faster today. It means I don't have a whole lot to say. <laughs> no, it just means that I'm, I'm really actually going and doing an overview instead of going into the, down the rabbit hole with all this. Number nine is overanalyzing. I used to have a an extreme problem with overanalyzing. If somebody said something that I didn't agree with, or if I knew that there was going to be an obstacle or a challenge ahead of me, I would start to play all kinds of scenarios in my head that would never, ever, ever happen in real life. So overanalyzing, I've changed my mind upon that. As long as I exude leadership, preparedness, if I say the right things, if I know my craft of which I'm talking about or speaking about or displaying, I don't have to overanalyze because if there comes a challenge or there comes a moment where there's some, some obstacle in the way, I'll be prepared for it and I'll be able to handle that in the moment as opposed to creating all these false realities, and then you start to stress about it, and then you start to get in your own head and call yourself a failure, you could see the slippery slope and the path that you'll put yourself on if you start to overanalyze everything. So I've definitely changed my mind about that. The next thing that I've changed my mind about, and I'll be as brief as possible on this because i I think that there will be a lot of perspectives and perhaps somebody will get triggered on this. I know they will. Is abortion. I used to believe in the whole pro-choice thing. And then once I started to look into what I perceive to be agendas by government and government agencies and, you know, Planned Parenthood, um, it's despicable, in my opinion. There's no justification for kill. Very, 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 very minimal justification for having to abort a child. Now, if there's an, I think there's an argument that could be made that women should have more of an opportunity to prevent birth altogether 
that's a different discussion than killing a baby. So that's going to be a hot one, I know. So if you stop listening, I totally understand. Sorry you feel that way. I'm going to keep moving on. Um, if you didn't guess, by the way, that means I'm pro-life now. The next thing I've changed my mind about is uh, sports. Um, I used to be very consumed with you know players and statistics and all kinds of trivia. It's not, a, it's not as important to me in my life now. I'd much rather go out and either do the activity myself or go do something else with my time. Now, it's fun to watch, you know, the playoffs or if I'm just bored watching a hockey game on a Tuesday night or something like that. I enjoy that. I enjoy watching golf as well. Um, I enjoy watching the best in their field perform, but it's not something that I obsess over. You know, when I was a kid in the 90s, I, I obsessed about every baseball player in the American League. I obsessed over, you know, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and all those guys. I obsessed over like pro wrestling and stuff like that as well, which is still a guilty pleasure. But I don't go out of my way to know, hey, who's who got drafted number 17 this year? Don't ask me because I don't know. Um, I can barely remember, you know, I know the Lakers won the NBA championship. But before that, I don't even know who won the year before that. I think it was Toronto, maybe. So anyway, sports. The next thing I've changed my mind about is expectations of others. I used to hold, again, this kind of goes in line with impressing people and overanalyzing, but having expectations of others of how they perceive me is a huge, huge, it could be a huge detriment because if you start holding expectations of how people look at you or perceive you, you start to carry yourself in a different way. And it's not the 100% true sense of who Chris is, for example. If I'm so worried about what you think of me and the way that I carry myself, it's going to dictate you're you're going to have you're going to have a judgment of me anyway. So what can I do to really change that? I'm not here to tell you what to think or how to live. I'm just here. That's a perfect scenario where I'm giving you 32 things to think about. I'm not here to change your mind. And I don't expect to change your mind. That's how it works. It works both ways. You can have a judgment on me, but I don't have an expectation of you. I have a much more clear conscience at the end of the day, I think. And it comes to work as well. Now, you have to hold people accountable. You can't just let them off the hook. But, for example, a certain way that I would perform a task or give a presentation or come up with a document for communication isn't necessarily the same way that my peers would or my coworker would. And if I've given them a task to do one of those things, I can't hold expectations on them because that's already putting them in a negative light anyway. Or it's getting them started on the wrong foot because I'm already putting a perception in my head that as soon as they communicate back to me or send me this email back or whatever the case may be, it's not how I would have done it. So it's not good. That's not necessarily fair. So I think when you have as little expectation as possible, zero, if completely possible, you will you'll feel a lot better about it, I think. So the next thing that I've changed my mind about is research. And when I mean research, I should be I should be more specific with receiving information 
and not taking everything at face value. Something that I love about, something that I love is that when somebody tells me their perspective or their opinion on something, and then they say, but you should do your own research. I respect that 100 million percent more than the person that says, you should listen to me because I'm an authority on this. And if you don't agree with me, you're dumb or something of that nature. You guys have probably heard that somewhere before. But the person that tells me their opinion or their perspective on something and tells me to go do my own research and come up with my own opinion, to me, that person sits way higher on a pedestal than the person that says, well, you should just listen to me because I know better. And we see that a lot with politics and religion and with entertainment industry, people just putting themselves on that pedestal and just saying, well, you should just listen to me because I know better. No, sorry. We all, uh, we all are in skin and flesh and bleed. Um, most people, I can't trust them as far as I throw them anyway, when they start to speak on that subject. And when you start to question them, they're like, well, again, you should just believe me. So even with all these topics that I've said, if I've said something that you don't necessarily agree with or something I've brought up you don't agree with that you haven't done your own research on, I would challenge you to do so. But again, I have zero expectations of you. <laughs> kind of going with that, cutting people out of your life is the next one. Man, I am rapid fire. I might save you all a few minutes today. Cutting people out of your life. I thought just because I used to hang out with somebody in sixth grade that meant that I had to stay in consistent correspondence with this person. It's not the case. And you shouldn't do the same thing either. If there are not, if there are people in your life right now that are not on the same, I call it wavelength or on the same path or have the same goals as you do, or you're just in a different point in life altogether, you probably have to cut that person out. And not a negative standpoint, it's just people grow apart and people's thoughts and mentalities change throughout life. I'm at a different place in life now than a lot of my other peers that I graduated with. Not, again, in a positive or a negative way. It's just certain people's thoughts and ideas don't align with mine. And they're good people. It's just, hey, bud, we just can't hang no more. <laughs> you know, it's nothing personal. It's just I've... I'm going on a different path and it's totally cool. When I see you, it's all love. It's like, hey man, how are you? How's the family? But you know, you should you should get the best return of investment with people that help serve you to be a better person. And I'm down to my last two. This is lovely. Accountability and ownership is the next one. This goes again with to me being a good leader. If you take accountability for your actions and you take ownership of it. Even in an extreme sense in the beginning, you'll feel like you have an opportunity to grow and get better as opposed to pointing the finger all the time. I can't stand when somebody just consistently points the finger all the time and says, well, if this guy would have done this or if this girl would have done that, then we'd be in a much better situation than we are today. Well, guess what? Opinions are like buttholes, right? Everybody's got one and they all stink. So if you can't take accountability and ownership for your part of that situation, then you're not going to grow as a person. And you're probably going to find that you're not going to have any friends or people that would like to hang out with you or share a conversation with you. Because all you're going to do is take in very little information from that other person. And you're just going to sit there and play the blame game. You're just going to hold yourself up again on that pedestal. 
I'm not saying everybody does this. I'm just, you get the idea, the overall uh, gist of what I'm trying to say. If you hold yourself accountable and you take ownership in a positive or a negative light, you're going to find people will respect that and they'll want to be around you more often. Let me take a quick sip of tea on this one. The last thing, we're going to talk a lot probably about this because it's so relevant in today's society. I've changed my mind about COVID-19. This is the last topic. Did you know we are rapidly approaching the one-year anniversary for 15 days to slow the spread of COVID-19? Not sure if you knew that or not. I have my own personal opinion on what's going on. I think that there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things going on with the front of a virus that, by the way, has a 99.9% survival rate in people in my age group. Yes, as people get older, their immune systems go down. Um, there was actually a report that came out the other day of, I think it was a 115-year-old woman had COVID-19 and she didn't even know it. So I'll leave that part where it is. And the second thing that I have a problem with here is, um, are we wearing the mask because we're scared of the virus itself or because we're being told to wear the mask? I paused on purpose there. And I want you to really ask yourself that question. So, yes, people die. The, the virus does kill people. But again, do your own research on this. Look at the false numbers that have popped up, the false positives. Look at what they were pushing six months ago versus what they're pushing today. They're always consistently pushing the goalpost on this one or moving the goalpost. So, again, this to me comes back to the uh, research part of it. Again, Somebody tells me to do my own research. I respect that a lot more. You don't have to. Again, no expectations. But people are just telling us, they're talking at us as what to believe. And if you don't wear a mask, you're trying to kill grandma. Well, there's a lot of other variables that go into that, such as our daily life anyway, our diet, our water intake, our immune system. Are we being pushed prescription medications? Um, there's a lot of factors that go into this. It's not just a matter of black or white of do I believe COVID exists or am I just one of these, you know, anti-vaxxers or something like that? It's not the case. I believe the answer lies somewhere in the middle. But so far, what I've been told and what I'm seeing is very disturbing. Not a big fan of what's going on where people are totally okay with just giving up certain rights and freedoms just because of, of a perception of safety. Um, I could go on a rant about this for probably the next two hours. So anyway... That's my part two of the 16 things that I've changed my mind about. I'm very much looking forward into diving into each one of these individually. I haven't decided if I'm going to go in order or which order I'd like to go in. If you guys would like to chime in and if you have a particular topic you'd like me to discuss first, please let me know. Um, I plan on, again, getting some guests on here because I'd like to have a conversation and get other people's perspectives as well. So, Thank you guys so much for listening. I've had a lot of fun with this. It's definitely jogged my memory. It's definitely made me challenge my own thoughts and as to why I believe certain things. And it's been a lot of fun. And I'm hoping you all got something out of this as well. And until next time, this has been the Sigma Chris Show. You can find me at Instagram at SigmaChris89. You can email me, uh, SigmaChris89 at gmail.com. Or I plan on putting these video or these episodes on YouTube as well. 
you can just go to YouTube at Sigma Chris. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'll check you out in the next episode. And until then, have a great day and we'll see you next time.